technology isn't relevant unless it's personal. It, it has to be implemented into your daily life, into your business life. And if it's not, it's not going to work. There's no, there's no point, right? You're listening to the Creative Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. This week, we've got Jay Noggle, the idea hamster. Enjoy. All right, here on the podcast with Jay Noggle. Thanks for coming on, Jay. Jay is a idea guy. He runs a project called the Living Social Media Resellers Project, among many other things, which I'll let uh, Jay tell you about. Uh, Jay, go ahead. All right. Thanks, Wyatt. Thanks for having me on. Um, I guess, yeah, really, you know, I'm just kind of a, I've always been an idea guy. And um, it, it came about, long story short, I, I did local TV sales for a CBS affiliate back in like 2001, 2002. And the production manager hated me because I was always um, changing things up and suggesting new ideas. And he was used to having his really simple pattern-based process of doing things. And I'd come along and say, well, hey, let's do this. Or what about that? And, and so we kind of had a meeting of the minds eventually. And he dubbed me the idea hamster because my wheels were always turning. And that's just kind of always stuck. And so now what I'm doing is I'm taking that and bridging it with business and social media and bootstrapping and just really kind of helping people with technology, um, either in a small business setting or a, uh, a personal setting. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing. Nice, nice. Yeah. So now one of the things uh, that you you know have on your site that you describe is um, – Basically, the technology is only relevant if it's personal. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me more about that. What is that? How does that work? So about 10 years ago, I started to use that as my email signature. And I had a guy that, um, that made me he, – he quoted me on it. Um, it's a guy that I met about, gosh, probably eight years ago now, actually way back in the beginning of – you know, people starting to connect online that, that don't know each other, right? Never, you know, never meet face-to-face -face type of a thing. And he, he kind of quizzed me on it. He's like, yeah, I really like that idea. That's, what does that mean? And it means that a lot of people are not aware of specific technologies, especially for micro, hyper-local, small business. And so they're, miss they're missing the boat. And I realized that the reason that they don't know about these things or the reason that they don't implement is because to them, it doesn't solve any problem. It doesn't bring any value. It doesn't mean that it doesn't do those things. They're just not aware of the value that those things bring yet. So to me, you know, technology isn't relevant unless it's personal. It, it has to be implemented into your daily life, into your business life. And if it's not, it's not going to work. There's no, there's no point, right? But once it is personal, and once you become a fan of, you know, apps and platforms and and all these things, you kind of get to the point where you can't live without them because they're extremely relevant. That's the difference. Nice, nice. So a lot of what you do is is really connect people to the the apps and and the things that make it easier for them to to get things done. Would that be accurate? Or yeah, I mean, a, a lot of over the years, I've helped a lot of people with, hey, you should be using this. Or have you ever thought about using that? And they're like, no, what is that? And, um, and so recently, like for me this last year, 
I'm getting back into the whole online thing again. I, I, I went down that road back in like 2008, 2009. Um, went through, uh, I, I went through a divorce in late 20, well, beginning in 2010 and then into 11. And in the last year, I just kind of looked around and I realized, man, I've got nobody telling me what to do or telling me how to run my life or anything. It's like, I'm going to get back to who I used to be. And I'm going to get back into this whole online space and just jump in. And for the last year or so specifically, um, the key for me has been finding Facebook groups of all kinds of different um, topics and getting involved in Facebook groups and, you know, helping people, meeting new people. And because of these groups I'm involved in, I've, I've built this incredible network of people that have all kinds of different ideas, um, all kinds of different skill sets all kinds of different abilities. And because of this, you know, like Seth Godin says, you know, this is the connection economy. Um, he's spot on and, and it's who you're connected to with all of these technologies that allow us to really push ourselves, to move ourselves forward, to use our creativity, to, um, to become really who we want to be as opposed to several years ago, who we thought that we had to be. And that's, that's that's a whole different you know it's a whole different mental process, right? So you've you've become a connector, uh, yeah. you know, with ideas with people, and and right now with with um, with what you do, a lot of the technology um, makes makes it much easier for you to just uh, create on the fly, right? Um, Ab- absolutely, yeah. That's um, so I'm 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 unabashedly iOS. And the reason for that is a really short story on that is that uh, I got my first iPad in like 2010. And the reason I got it was because I realized there was this thing called GarageBand that they ported from the the, um, Mac version to the iOS version. And I did some some research and I saw some YouTube videos and I saw how powerful it was. Because back in in the 80s, I was one of these... um, uh, music techno nerds, you know, I had some keyboards and sequencers and drum machines and modules. And, you know, I was, I was like trying to really record all this stuff. And the problem was, was that the equipment was awesome, but the recording ability at the time I was using like a cassette four track recorder and it was just so compressed and mushed. It sounded like crap and it drove me crazy. So, you know, long story short over time, um, I saw that they had the iPad and this garage band and the output sound of that was because it's digital is completely different than the whole analog four track thing. I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I got my, I got my first iPad and I started to go down the road of, um, of, uh, music recording and creating again. And then that led me into, um, because I have a video production background, um, from about 2004 to 2008, I had a, I had a local, um, video production company, um, I started to get into the whole idea of video production on the iPad because of uh, iMovie and other apps. And then um, uh, graphic design, there's a whole bunch of graphic design apps, um, photography apps, um, all of those things that you could do with like the Adobe Creative Suite on a desktop or laptop that was ma- you know, majorly expensive. Um, I was finding five and ten dollar app replacements that would do somewhere between eighty to ninety five percent on the iPad. What you could do with the actual full blown uh, desktop counterpart, 
with with the Adobe Creative Suite for for you know fraction a fraction of the cost. Right, and a lot of times with the with the suite, there are so many features that nobody uses. They use a small percentage, yeah, so really exactly. they don't they don't need all that uh, superpower. So yep. what wh- how is it helping you now? Like, what are you working on uh, recently that um, you know has it uh, that you're using those apps for? Or well, okay, so what's funny is now one of them um, as far as graphic design, like, uh, are you familiar with what vector images are? Yeah, okay, but for so, our audience, go ahead. And, okay. So, so vector images are based off of, um, off of the algorithm and, and numeric expression um, of scale, uh, making things smaller, making things larger. So a bitmap image is the opposite of that, which is why uh, photographs and those types of images are bitmap. And so if you've ever noticed that when you try and uh, make a photo larger than its original dimensions, it becomes pixelated. And, and there's an issue, that's why. It's a bitmap as opposed to a vector, where a vector, you can scale it pretty much infinitely because the computer is constantly redrawing based on numbers and an algorithm and a, and a mathematical formula to change that. Well, there's a vector image, um, well, there's several vector image creation apps on iOS. Um, oh, and by the way, the, the Adobe Creative Suite uh, equivalent of this would be an, um, a piece of software called Illustrator. So Adobe Illustrator, that's what people use to draw and create vector images. Um, and of course, Photoshop is what they use to um, create um, uh, more bitmap images and work on actual photos. So I started to play with the whole vector thing. And I'm not, I'm not an illustrator, so that's the problem. I kind of wish I was because it would really um, allow me to do a lot more. But I got involved with the, the, um, the design stuff. And because of that, I had some T-shirt ideas that I wanted to do, and I started to create T-shirt um, uh, designs and styles. And I actually have like a little uh, Spreadshirt um, store where I um, created these these designs and put them in this uh, Spreadshirt store online. And I've, I've got them in there, and it, it, the designs are all done on the iPad, you know, nice. just just the iPad. And you can't tell. I mean. They're a they're a PNG output image, and this is kind of getting kind of geeky. But you know, hey, this is a um, this is a creative uh, podcast, right? So um, the the output images are like a four thousand by four thousand um, pixel PNG output because the one limitation to this is getting things out of the box, the iPad, in a native um, vector format. So. There's there's some there's some issues, but for the most part, you know, it all works. So. Right, you got to have enough for them to be able to print with. So, what's what's yeah. uh, your favorite uh, on the uh, spreadsheet uh, uh, website for 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 the shirts you've created? What's what's your what's your favorite? With design? Yeah, like because you have a couple on there that have some fun sayings. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 the one the one I did about um, no business booty call. That's my all time. Okay, favorite. yeah, describe that a little bit. That's that's an interesting one because I I think I understand what that's saying. But go ahead. Right. Uh, there's there's a very very faint background um, dollar um, symbol, and then in front of that is like um, no business, and then uh, business, and or actually there's no business booty call, and the 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 two O's of booty. I've got like little simulated like nipples in there to indicate you know um, boobs as far as a, a booty call. And then the, the tagline of the shirt is, you know, um, 
I can't remember exactly what it says. It's not in front of me, but something to the effect of, you know, um, uh, my work is worth paying for. And as a creative, you know, it's very common to go through this situation where everybody wants your help for free, but, you know, paying your rate is a whole different issue. So that's where I came up with that whole concept. And then so I had this, you know, with with the iPad, with that with that uh, design app. And I thought I was just kind of fooling around one day. and I thought, Oh, this is perfect. And um, it's for me, it's a creative outlet that the whole T-shirt thing is a creative outlet to where I get ideas. And I'm able to just, you know, jump on them, fulfill them, send them out there. And, you know, there you go. Yeah. See but, what happens. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, and that's, that is an, an ongoing battle, you know, for, for a lot of creatives is, you know, Hey, um, can you take a look at this and can you do this and that? And, you know, um, so it's, where's the line where you're kind of just sort of helping yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. and where you're going full fledged and really actually working. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and, uh, and, and moving into consulting, that's what I've really been focusing on learning this last year is, is I'm, I'm typically, well, when you're a combination of a, of a, a creative and a people pleaser, that's a detrimental combination. Yeah. Cause, cause people end up, you know, they can take advantage fairly easily. And I've, I've had to really kind of go back and, and go over things and reevaluate and um it's like yeah i can't be giving away all that value for free anymore so that's right. what what that's, are some of your go-to phrases for uh reining that uh, conversation into a different direction so you're not left wide open um it's funny because i was having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday and she really has helped me to identify a lot of things even though she has no real um especially current background type um, experience. She's, she's going to school for, uh, psychology, believe it or not. But so we talk a lot about, you know, the psychology of a lot of these different things. And she helped me to realize yesterday that I've had a tendency to give away too much freebie information and not filter it and not even realize that I was doing it. So in other words, you and I could be having a conversation. You could be asking me about specific aspects of, you know, whatever you needed help with. And I'm like, oh, well, here, let me, um, I'll research that and I'll get back to you and, you know, go from there. And instead of, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a service that I provide. And if you're, if you're interested, you know, I'd be happy to research that for you, um, get back to you. My rate is this. It will include a written, you know, one page report or whatever. That's the difference between just giving it away, people pleasing, you know, versus, right. versus treating it as a business as opposed to a hobby. It's a, it's a different mental mindset. I mean, all of this stuff is mental. Yeah, and part it, it and just is part of it is that the, the mindset uh, uh, the web is there's so much free stuff out there that a lot of people it it becomes an expectation. Right. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, Fi- Fiverr has done nothing but you know damage this entire thing. Yeah. And, talk, um, talk about that because Fiverr is interesting because it's, it's like, okay, well, how can people do that for five bucks? You know, how can people realistically do? Well, now here's the problem. Yeah. Most, most people that are doing that are in some sort of a potential third world country. So for them, you know, they're actually charging more of a rate than what they'd be getting within their own immediate country for some of them. The problem with that then is, is that it's lowered the expectation of uh, the, the, the bar's been lowered. And so American entrepreneurs assume that, you know, well, hey, I can get this for five bucks. You know, why shouldn't I? Until you turn things around 
on them with whatever industry they're in and say, oh, oh, you're, you're a writer. Okay, great. Well, yeah, I got my last, um, I got my last blog post written by a, a Fiverr writer and it cost me five bucks and it was awesome. And they're like, wait a second, you can't do that well. You yeah. know, it's, it's a, it's a give and take relationship. And that, the, that whole race to the bottom thing is something that as creatives, all of us, no matter what our, what our uh, talent or what's, what niche that we're, we're in, we really need to rethink that thing because um, that race to the bottom is, is a huge issue. I was, I was talking with some guys one night and um, we were all, you know, it wasn't local. We were all online in our various you know places. And I was just kind of sitting there and having a couple of beers and um, we were having the conversation and I kind of got pissed and it made me go on and I found a, I found a domain uh, service, you know, that sells like 99 cent domains or whatever. And so I bought, um, I bought a, a domain called um, agrander.com. So it's A-G-R-A-N-D, like, you know, a grand. So instead of Fiverr, a grand. Oh. <laughs> um, with, with, with the two R's at the end, just right. like Fiverr is, yep. .com. I, bought, I haven't done anything with it. You know, I just parked it. Yeah. But then the tagline, I thought it was, we fix Fiverr mistakes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, you should definitely, even if it was comical, you should, it, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you, you come up with a lot of ideas. How do you yeah. favor that uh, element within your mind? Like, how do you favor those, the gestation of ideas uh, that you have? What's, what's kind of some of the go-to things that, uh, or habits that you incorporate in your, in your right. day? Or... Well, you know, a lot of it is I've kind of, so uh, you're familiar with the, the Timothy Ferris book, the four hour work week, four hour work week. Right. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, I read that like 10 years ago, and a lot of people think they get hung up on the title of working four hours, and that's not at all the core of what the book is about. The core of the book is getting people outside of two thought processes, actually. First and foremost, getting them outside of working for corporate America and being an employee, and then, and then some people think that that's where it stops as far as if you pick up and you become an entrepreneur – that's that's the issue, right? Well, it's really not because his whole thing is saying, well, no, it's not even about being an entrepreneur and you know, starting a company and having a long-term uh, company that you grow that's yours. His whole thought press within, within the book is to create a project-based lifestyle, which is what do I really want? You know, um, It used to be that you'd go to uh, college, get a degree – because that piece of paper entitled you to a lifestyle of what you're after, so to, so to speak, right? And I didn't do that. I kind of did the whole thing my own way. But um, the problem is, is that our whole American societal uh, cultural ideal of, you know, 25 years or 20 or 30 years of a specific company, you retire, you get a, a pension or um, retirement fund or whatever, and then you go do the things you want to do. When you were young, that's the whole that's the whole project-based lifestyle implementation is that you do the opposite of that. You find things that you can do right now with the end uh, the end goal in mind, so that you create the project, you fulfill the project to make the money for the purpose of the end goal. What you know, it's whether it's travel or um, uh, a home or uh, some sort of a lifestyle thing, right? And then you go out and you find a new project and you repeat. So it has nothing to do with a job or a business per se. It's about 
finding things to do to create revenue that are projects to accomplish an end goal in mind. And that's kind of where I'm at with my ideas. I realize that that's kind of exactly what I'm about. And I'm just now starting to get to that place where um, it's hard to wrap your mindset around that. I mean, I've been very kind of anti. Have you heard of the, I'm sorry, kind of, I'm kind of rambling, but have you heard of the whole thing about the, the movement recently where there's people that are identifying themselves as um, unemployable? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah, and yeah. I, yep. And I, I realized that's who I am, you know, years ago when I finally got to the point where I started to do something about it. And that's exactly the kind of person, the mindset that this whole project-based lifestyle thing is about. And that's where our creativity comes in is because you have to be a creative thinker you know, in order to be able to, to do those things. Right. Yeah, definitely. You do. And, and that creativity, but it, you know, it's great because it's the, the project based element makes a lot of sense. And from uh, you know, four hour work week to glean that from it instead of just, Oh, you know, four hours, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. cram, whatever it is. But, but how do you stay inspired? Because it's, it's, it is kind of, um, an isolated, uh, uh, element uh, you know when when you're doing it yourself um so how do you stay yeah so how do you stay inspired and creative during that process from start to finish um you know for those for those projects yeah i've got um and staying staying on task yeah um, that too right back back to yeah back and back to seth godin um you know his whole thing is about ship right you got to ship you gotta have you gotta have products or, or services or something that you can exchange for money, and then you have to get those things done. And as creatives, we're very very um, perfectionistic, or we have a tendency to be, which is the enemy of shipping. So that causes us to you know, it's ninety eight percent there. You know, once it gets to ninety nine point five, I'll, I'll ship. No, you can't you can't do it that way. You'll never get there. You know, sometimes selling at ninety ninety eight or even ninety five or even less is the objective because you can go back and do a a second version, an update, but if it's not out in the marketplace, people can't, people can't pay you for, you know, for whatever you created, you know, information products, especially I've created a couple of uh, periscope related information products. I saw periscope as being a hot because of my video, you know, my video background, live streaming and video and all these things, demonstration based um, opportunities. I created a couple of uh, Periscope-related um, information products, and I'm working on you know growing those. So, me staying focused, not so much. I'm learning that if I have like a half a dozen things going on simultaneously, I can, as long as I'm finishing those half a dozen things, those those project-based things, and then getting them out in the marketplace. I can one day work on one of those, you know, uh, sales and marketing of one idea. And then the next day I'm over here working on something else, but it's all within the confines of the projects that I've forced myself to finish and ship and then kind of move them forward, juggling all those balls in the air at the same time. It's a lot more difficult. Um, focusing is, is kind of the, the hotbed right now that they talk a lot about, but for me, I can't just focus on one thing at a time. It's just not, it's not in my DNA. Yeah. And you know, the, the ideas tend to, um, you know, come across when you've got those different projects, they can feed each other with, uh, mm-hmm. w- with ideas. So for sure, that's uh, great there, to and, have. And, 
if yep. you can, and if you can swing it, you know, exactly. There, yeah. There's, there's overlap. Okay. For example, um, you know, you mentioned the, the social media thing. I got involved with reselling about four years ago, which is the concept of, um, going to like thrift stores and garage sales and whatever else and buying things that have value, um, to sell them online, eBay, Amazon, those types, you know, Etsy, those types of places, um, for a profit. And it's kind of the, it's kind of what I, it's what I call the gateway drug to entrepreneurialism. You know? <laughs> it it's, really is. It's, it's something that anybody can do. Right. Um, it has a lot more to do with discipline than it does anything else. Right. Cause, Be- cause you, you can learn on the way. Right. And it isn't hard because no. it, it's done. F- I mean, you ha- you take an item that, to describe this process for mm-hmm. people who may not be familiar. You take an item that you might find. And this, I think, is what you're talking about. Um, take an item you, you might find on sale in one store uh, and you buy a, a bundle of those and, and actually sell those online for profit, let's say, through Amazon or, or yeah. eBay or what have you. Yep. Right? Yep. And, exactly. And so you, you're, you've got the item and, and you've got everything set for you. And so really you're just dealing with the uh, marketing aspects and the, and the really the, you know, pick pack ship out and, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's funny. The gateway drug to, uh, yeah. Um, so what, what, you know, the, the, at the foremost of, of shipping is knowing when to ship. What, uh, what helps you decide that, Hey, you know what? Is it time frame based, you know, to say, okay, let's ship this. I'm done. This is done. When, when can you say, because you don't want to go too far, but you know, you want to go far enough so that people can give you feedback and, and expect they've gotten value. And right. Right. Well, so a little backstory and the, the whole, um, so I, I wrote this, I wrote this, what I call e-guide because it wasn't really quite an e-book because it was like 22 pages. Um, but a buddy of mine, is, is it okay if I give a plug for a oh, Facebook yeah, group? Oh yeah, for okay. sure. Definitely. So, so there's a, there's a Facebook group. If for anybody that's interested in, in getting involved with this whole reselling thing, which I've got another idea that I would want to create some, some services and whatnot for um, reselling for creatives. But I, so I wrote a guide, re, uh, social media for resellers to help them, to uh, promote their items that they're selling, like on Twitter specifically, that was the main thing I, I wrote the I wrote the guide for. Because uh, there's a guy, Michael Franco. He he runs this uh, Resellers Roundtable Facebook group. It's got over six thousand people in it now, or close to that. And he and I started to talk a year ago, and he really encouraged me. He he was the one that got me back into the whole online space because he loved the way that, you know, my idea hamster wheel turned and I was constantly providing him value with, you know, ideas and, and, uh, all those things. And so he encouraged me to write this guide. Cause it's like, dude, you know, all about social media, you've got this going on, you know, do this. And that was kind of my entry level in getting back into the whole online space again. And then from there, it just sort of snowballed. So, what I want to do with that is I want to basically re- rewrite that guide into about five other ones, one of which would be, say, social media for um, hyper-local business. Um, so because you, you mentioned a little while ago about having – we were talking about the, the overlap. Right. And that's the holy grail of all this stuff is that if you can repurpose one project and modify it for a different audience and then sell it to a different audience, market it to a different audience – you're golden because you're not putting out all that effort to start from scratch all over again at point zero. Right. Yeah. You're, so you're, you're starting out like point 70 instead 
you know, modifying, reworking, outputting, shipping again. Oh yeah, um, you're leveraging your time. It, it makes leveraging. a lot of sense. Exactly. And it it uh, it feeds your um, sense of purpose for a project because you know it has more legs than just one avenue. So yeah. what? Uh, so if, when you made that guide, how did you know when it was done? Like, what made you say, "Okay, I'm ready to ship this"? Um, I got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, you know? that's your indicator. Yeah. Like when you're yeah. on these different projects, you find they're so sick yep. that you're like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, okay, I, I'm good. And so I had, um, uh, Mike's wife is a grade school teacher. And so I had her proofread it for me. Cause I'm not the, I'm not, I don't, I've never considered myself a writer. You know, I've done blog posts and stuff for myself before, but it was just like, you know, from the hip type of an approach. Right. So she, she rehashed it for me and took care of, you know, the, the grammar issues and whatnot. And, and I made the corrections and I spit it out. I wrote it in chunks, actually. I wrote it into like um, six or eight different individual pieces and then strung them all together. And so um, we, we, got, we got it um, edited. She edited it for me. I, I made the corrections. I put all the stringed PDFs together in one and, and output it. Um, I don't know if you saw. Well, I think you saw the... Um, the graphic then on my website, the cover of that I created and once again created on the iPad on on the uh, the vector app. And so what, what what's that app called? It's called um, Inkpad. Okay. Um, the problem is is that it's no longer supported. Oh no. Um and yeah and so I've switched over to to uh, another one called iDesign. Inkpad was free. Okay. Um but iDesign is like eight bucks. And it works on um, both iPad and iPhone, and it integrates. And then they also have a Mac desktop version that all three of them integrate together, which is really cool. So, and that one that's like twenty nine bucks for the Mac desktop, and so then eight bucks. So for thirty five bucks, you've got like a huge amount of Illustrator capabilities without having to pay the you know. The, the creative suite price right and then how's the learning curve are you do you find it to be it's i'm easier? i'm trying i'm trying to really i'm kind of like an evangelist for all this mobile stuff and i'm trying to find um people that have experience on the desktop known counterparts because they the tools are all the same right right the all the the the, the you know the pointing tools the selection tools layers all those things it's, it's pretty much intuitive now, if you don't have any Photoshop experience per se, and you're starting at, at zero, it's it's a large learning curve. But just like just like Photoshop or Illustrator would be, right? It's not it's not an easy access type of thing. I think that's what turns a lot of people off. Yeah. But I'm trying to find um, people that have been doing, you know, they're they're you know illustrators and graphic designers and whatnot. It's like, hey, have you tried this? And they're like, wow, because they see the power, you know. Right. They see what they're able to do um, in a mobile space. So, so you know, before yeah. we before we came uh, on, started recording, you we were talking about how you know lack of sleep sometimes, you know, late at mm -hmm. night, and 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 you know, listening to a podcast or mm -hmm. um, an audio book. And do you find that uh, e even as it helps you kind of like get back to sleep, do you find it feeds your creativity? And like, what 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 kind of stuff have in the past, like let's say it does, that that you've kind of helped you. Uh, boost your you know ideas so to speak it, it yeah it, it undoubtedly does i'm kind of at this place right now where 
Um, it's, I think, I think you and I are a lot alike. It sounds like we're both kind of, uh, idea and information junkies, Yeah, you know, and, um, I can't get enough information, but then at the same time, there's this whole thing of like, you know, the whole online space being inundated with free offers, quote unquote. Um, and I'm getting to the point where podcasts are in a different realm, I think, because, I think that, you know, a, a pod, the value of a podcast is it's intrinsically in the content and the information as opposed to a freebie. The idea of a freebie is to attract, it's a lead magnet, it's to get people involved in, in what you're doing and, and to allow them to kind of get behind the scenes of what you're about. Um, so, so the podcast online book, continual learning is, is, is critical. It's if you're not, I'm kind of at this place right now where if you're not an ongoing learner, if you're not investing in yourself um, with something that's making you think, that's making you question um, your thought processes and the rest of it, I almost don't want to um, spend time with those kind of people anymore because they just. They don't get it. They're not in the same place. And I'm finding that creatives, especially creatives are always lifelong learners. I think I th true, true creatives. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you need to have that playful process within your mind and you need to have that ability to take things and just kind of look at them from different angles. And you're never going to necessarily just sit down and say, okay, well, there you go. So uh, obviously you're going to, you have that curiosity and that's what feeds your creativity is that curiosity. So I, right. I definitely hands down agree. And, and, and you're, and you're investing in yourself. That's the whole point, right? Yeah, you are because you, you recognize that um, you're not just like getting back to the job versus, you know, just uh, going out there on your own. Um, mm -hmm. you, you can't just rely upon this whole big um, company element you're the fuel and so because you need to 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 have that fuel each day you you have to feed it somehow and so that's yeah. that's where yeah lifelong learning comes to play so yeah so where where are you going to here like what's what's uh what's your newest uh like next endeavor for um uh for you um I think right now I'm focusing on these. I, I created two Periscope information products. Oh yes, okay, the Periscope. And and, right. and yeah, and they're you know, they're very very niche oriented. One of them more so than than the other. Nice. But um, again, it's my first my first foray, I guess if that's the right word, into this into that end of things because even though I've had all these ideas before, I've never actually shipped the ideas and that's that's the new piece to me so in that end of it it's it is pretty new to me um the idea aspect of it uh, 20 years you know that's just old old news so it's it's exciting to be able to ship this stuff and then you sit back and you wait and i mean 
I've made a lot of mistakes um, with all of this stuff. With Bravo over, to over, mistakes, the, you know. Yeah. It's it's yep. like too many people shy away from them, but you're you learn so much. Uh, it right, and you know people talk about oh yeah mistakes. You know, it's like the kid learning to walk. You know, you fall right. down and get up. No, you have to be practical about that. You yeah. may see that, and you may think it in your mind, but right. when you realize your day to day aspects, most people, even if they say oh yeah, I love making mistakes, they don't. And unless you mm -hmm. actually practice that and really put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable that way oh, huge. Uh, to make mistakes. And I, I think there's a lot of people who say that, oh, you know, it's okay to make – but they don't actually execute on it. They don't believe it enough to really do it, um, you know, full throttle. So right. bravo so to mistakes. I'll, 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 let you, I'll let you in a little um, secret that I haven't actually fulfilled this yet. But as far as the latest T-shirt design concept, text only – I'm yep. just going to do one that's a, a white shirt, black text, and it's just going to say failure, the new black. That's, that's <laughs> nice. what I believe. Do it. Yeah. yeah. So and, with and, and only only entrepreneurs are going to get that, right? Anybody yeah. else is going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, oh, 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 uh, what, one last so thing. Per so Periscope. Periscope. Yeah. Just, uh, I just was curious sure. with Periscope in terms of like YouTube, because you have a video background, it seems a natural thing to just go full mm -hmm. throttle with YouTube. Um, I, I do easier have, I to do rank. Have, yeah. Than, than... I do have, I do have a YouTube channel. Okay. okay. Um, and so, I've got several, you know, again, I just started that this year. So, I mean, everything I'm doing right now, all the execution, all yeah. the shipping has all been this year. My website, nice. YouTube channel. All these projects, it's all been, you know, this year. So it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of stuff. Um, but um, so the difference between Periscope and and YouTube is they have two different functions in my mind. I mean, if you've got something that you want to um, to teach that's not, say, say it's not technology related, so it's not going to change. Say it's a, it's a business concept. You know, business for the most part has not changed in the last 20 30 however many years right if it's a if it's a tried and true foundational concept that's a great place for something like that to be on youtube because it's not going to change over the course of the years to me the beauty of periscope is that you can talk about these current trends um hip topics um getting your value out there growing your audience um and, and it's immediate there's no editing you know off the back end required you you need to sit down and come up with a plan you know, and figure out what you want to talk about. Um, but it's a different process. It's instant access to an audience. Nice. And and we've never we've never been in a time like this before. Yeah. Um, Here's to that. You know. Yeah. We're, we're then, very fortunate. Uh, right. And then the other one, the other new live streaming app, which has really taken off, is called Blab. Blab IM. And so Periscope is you know for an individual to broadcast. Blab is for like a a pet excuse me, a panel of people to broadcast and there you can have up to four people on a panel at a time, kind of like a Google hangout. Right. But it is, there's also an audience, um, chat window. And so people can be, you know, viewing, um, and inter interacting. And then what's cool about blab is, is that there's four quadrants. So if you have had my thing on that is you have a panel of three with that fourth quadrant open. So that if somebody from the chat audience wants to come in and interact live on camera with nice. the other three, you, you have that ability. It's just it's huge. I mean, this is this stuff is epic. It's changing everything with the way that we do things, especially with business. And again, you know, these platforms and tools 
are accessible to everybody. They're free. It's just, it's, it blows my mind. Yeah. All right, Jay. Well, so thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, if people, you know, for people to find you, where should they go? Where, where, you know, what's the, what's the just, best way to, um, to find just janeoggle.com. And I've got a, uh, hit me up page with all of my, um, social media, um, connections and whatnot. So yeah. So just either you can send me a, an email at, uh, J at janeoggle.com real simple. Um, you know, go to my website, check it out. And I've got some future plans for some things I'm working towards eventually, but, um, that's, that's kind of the starting point. Nice. Nice. Thanks a lot, Jay. Great to have you on the show. Good ideas. Thanks. Thanks, Wyatt. I really, really appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, take a moment, give us a review on iTunes and in the show notes, we have a newsletter sign up so you don't miss the next one, a weekly newsletter. And don't worry, we don't spam your email or information anywhere. Thanks a lot for listening.